Hello and welcome to Teaching Sports, where we educate you on all Wisconsin sports, including D.C. Everest High School. Well, because we're teachers. The guys, Matt Bullis, Mike Matthews, Mike Sale, and C.J. Hansen, hey, that's me, will teach you all you need to know about the only teams that matter. All right, we're jumping right into a little uh, DC Everest fall sport wrap-up, recap and wrap-up. Uh, we will go right to DC Everest volleyball and our resident expert, Mr. Matthews. Yeah, I don't know anything about volleyball, but Everest volleyball. Uh, lost in the sectional semifinals to River Falls. Um, three to nothing, River Falls is really good. Um, <laughs> they were really good. The buzzsaw. Um, and then they had... River Falls did beat Chippewa Falls then on Saturday, so they've advanced to the, the state tournament. But a regional championship and a Valley Conference championship for volleyball team this year, that's nothing to complain about. No, oh, that's really pretty good. Considering what they had to face in terms of injuries and, you know, adversity. Of, the adversity, you know, mm -hmm. you really got to hand it to them. I had heard River Falls didn't lose this year? Is that what I heard? I heard that too, that River Falls was undefeated, losses. but maybe oh, I'm, did they? I'm wrong. What? Not many. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cross country. Yeah, they wrapped up the season uh, this past weekend. Um, my son was just at the um, at the team, you know, final meeting, dinner thing last night, and it, it sounded really good, you know. they There was a lot of improvement. I know Coach Seeley went through a couple of numbers. I heard a little bit of it, you know, in terms of overall times. And the loss of time, you know, for the um, for the varsity team and then the JV teams too, and just they did a, they really did a great job. Of course, the the girl star Sarah Melodic, she took twelfth at the state uh, division one meet. I mean, <clears throat> she is uh, a machine. We know it, and uh, you yeah. know we had, had a great interview with her, and and um, congratulations to her. The the work really paid off well for her, I think, and you know I look forward to seeing what she does in the spring with track, and then next next fall too. I uh, was able to talk to her a little bit before one of your classes, Mr. Sale, and mm -hmm. uh, I, I told her, hey, uh, I'm really proud of you, nice job at State, and uh, I said, hey, uh, you know who Susie Favor Hamilton is? Hmm. She did not know, so I said, well, your homework is to look her up and find out a little bit about her, and uh, yeah, I know that's... Personal life, there's some dangerous <laughs> potholes there. Career, yeah, maybe I should have clarified oh, okay. athletic career, but um, misstep by Mr. Hayes. <laughs> 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 well, I'm firing everyone. Um, so, uh, bottom line, uh, I did mention to her that uh, she she had taken first in state all four years, and Sarah's eyes lit up and said, "Oh, I got to find out about this a little bit more." So, mm -hmm. uh, hopefully, that means she steers clear of some other things about Susie Favor Hamilton. All right, let's move on uh, <laughs> to swimming. <laughs> Matthews, tell us uh, about swimming. Swimmers uh, got second at the conference meet. So they finished second for the season behind Spash. Um, and then, so the all-conference gets announced. Basically, if at the conference meet, if you get first, you're first-team all-conference. If you get second, you're a second-teamer. And if you get third, you're honorable mention. So they just, they don't vote or anything. They just <laughs> do it by the results at the conference meet. So um, our all-conference group is a second-teamer in the 100 butterfly. was Marisol Swenson. Um, the 200 free relay team of Lily Jessen, McKenna Zesh, Katie Hall, and Marisol. And then the 400 free relay team, Katie Hall, uh, Nevaeh Mathwich, 
Lily Jessen and Marisol Swenson. And then our honorable mentions, Marisol in the 200 IM and Lily in the 50 freestyle. Sectionals are this Friday at Rapids. Friday or Saturday? Or Saturday. Oh, it's Saturday, sorry. All right, well that's great. Hopefully they can keep her going. All right, let's dive right into the Green Bay Packers. We're, uh, excitement that is. The excitement that is. Let's Before we get into anything that happened currently Today. this week and a couple hours ago, uh, we'll talk about that impressive win over Arizona on the road Thursday night football. Um, Bose, you want to quick uh, maybe just give your impression and some thoughts about that, and we'll roundtable this one before we preview Kansas City and talk about the news today. Um, I thought it was a, uh, a game that we all had low expectations for, talking prior to. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And they, they really just came out. Uh, give a lot of credit to Lafleur, the coaching staff, whomever, that came up with a great game plan with um, – keeping the ball away from Kyler Murray, running the ball, being successful at running the ball. It's one thing to know that we're going to do it, but then to be able to do it continually. Um, so I thought that they were real impressive. Uh, you got to give, give a lot of credit to the offensive line. Um, Aaron Rodgers, of course, uh, was, was good. Um, you know, he didn't have big stats again, but he was just good getting them, getting them in and out of different checks. And, and um, there were a few times, I know we'll probably talk about red zone, offense there that you know he um whether they called pass plays or he checked to them they had eight guys in the box so they weren't very successful in the red zone but all in all i thought it was a great great game plan by the coaching staff um and a huge win because i think that's one that uh, i know that i picked prior to the season that they would not go out there and, and win um and so uh Kudos to them. You know, it was a huge win, especially now with the, the recent circumstances that we learned of today, because um, you never want to, you know, go on a losing streak in, in any league. But um, hopefully uh, they'll be able to overcome any obstacles that face them here in the near future. Do we need to shout out to Randall Cobb um, and having uh, catching two touchdowns? With uh, with all those receivers out, you know, and um, and being finding a way to get open when it was necessary, scoring a couple of touchdowns. You know, you, you need guys to step up, obviously, when others are out, and um, <clears throat> that was big. Three catches only, right? Two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. it was like three yeah. for fifteen, 15 and two yards. two touchdowns, which yeah. is mm-hmm. <laughs> an interesting stat line. Key is the two touchdowns. Well, right. <laughs> you know. Well, and especially when you know you're down so many weapons. Well, Especially one, in the red zone. One was a huge play in the game. Wasn't one a fourth down catch? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a huge, massive play in the game. Yeah. Um, Matthew's thoughts on Green Bay's win over Arizona? Uh, yeah, I think they, to no one's surprise, the game plan was what they had to do. Um, it was maybe a little surprising Arizona wasn't able to uh, defend it a little better. I thought after... Arizona made it, what was it, seventeen fourteen, mm-hmm. and the Packers. Then they had the kickoff where Hill gets hurt. Yep. And I think the Packers are on like the nine yard line, and they drove ninety one yards. Yeah. Uh, for that touchdown to go back up by ten, that was probably the huge. Yeah. Drive of the game. Um, you know, just getting. I think the running game got going better the second half there. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I think they just they milked the clock a little bit on that drive because I think it started in the third quarter and then ended in the fourth. 
uh, and then going up two scores, you know, that was huge. I thought that, um, okay, so when the Packers went for it on fourth down when they're up 24-21 uh, and didn't get it, which I didn't like the play call on that play at all, um, I was I thought the game at that point was, was over. I thought Arizona was going to drive down um, and at least get three and send it to overtime, and I just thought the momentum had completely shifted on the road in Arizona. I didn't have a lot of faith. Uh that was the play they did not give the ball to A.J. Dillon, right? No, they Correct. threw it. They threw the and ball. Or that was the play a, after the touchdown that wasn't was the touchdown brought back. The, the, right. I thought the touchdown was on, like, first down. And then they had a couple chances and they didn't get it. Regardless, they had, so, they had chances after it was not ruled a touchdown. Yeah. Um, that was a huge call, too, because... Listening to the, the broadcast when they brought on the, the expert, right? <clears throat> he said, I'm really surprised that they reversed the call on the field because he thought there was not enough visual evidence to overturn it, which I thought was a good call on that. I didn't see enough there. But they did. They overturned it, and the Packers couldn't get in the end zone. Um, I mean, the aggressiveness earlier on fourth down worked out for them. They got a touchdown. This time they got zero points. Um, they clearly thought Arizona, they just wanted the game put away. They wanted the security of being up 10 instead of up, what, six, right? Um, which I thought was an interesting decision. I just think you see the difference between Matt LaFleur a year ago in the NFC Championship game where he didn't have that mindset. Yeah. Maybe now how it's switched a little bit and he's not going to sit back, whether that's the influence <laughs> from, you know, number 12 or not. Um, I think the, the mindset is to... And I think aggressive. that's in the whole NFL. You you play to win the game. You don't play to hold on and get a stop. Um, and I think that has something to do with the the metrics of things too. And that's great when you win. Absolutely. And you and you won this game despite that decision. Um, but if they had lost that game, I think a lot of people would have been really critical of that. Why not just kick the field goal there? And so it's just interesting. I I just and then Arizona went right down the field after. Uh, third and 10 from their one yard line, they get like a 17 yard pass. And then they drive right down, get to the six yard line. Um, and that's when with whatever, 16 seconds left on the clock when the play started, uh, you know, they throw it over to AJ Green who does not turn around for the football, mm. not on the same page as quarterback Kyler Murray. And Rasul Douglas makes the play of the game Beautiful interception. Tips the ball to himself, keeps both feet in the end zone. Game's over. I loved it. I love the story on Douglas. Uh, was on the Arizona practice squad. Comes to Green Bay. Does not start in the Chicago game when he was first active for a game. And then uh, Isaac Yedem has a terrible first drive. They yank him, put in Douglas, who plays basically the rest of the game, plays really well, and has played really well since. That's been a massive pickup. That's been a massive addition, especially when Kevin King and Jair, you're both your starting corners are out. Eric Stokes has been playing well as a rookie. That's been a great pick. Um, very, very interesting stuff happening. The defense does enough to get the victory in that one, 24-21. Arguably, it's the best signing that 
Gutekunst might have had this year. Uh, you know, who, who would have said that you lose Kevin King and Jair and you're going to be 7-1? Or, yeah, right. or you lose, you know, David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins and you're still going to be 7-1. Uh, you know, Elton's was not as long. And Josh Myers. Right. Your starting um, center. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that Douglas signing is, like you said, it's a storybook uh, tale there with coming off the Cardinals practice squad. Um, and then them giving Yadam the chance to earn that spot, and he was terrible in two drives, and, and now so Douglas terrible. has been great. Um, so I think that uh, that's been one of the, you know, if you, if you want to say the biggest surprise uh, of the year, it's got to be that. In addition to that, maybe um, fourth and goal where they threw the ball instead of maybe giving it to your big back, I, you know, I don't know football again as well as some other people, but... Um, it seems to me there have been a few moments where, like, they are going to run the ball or it seems like it would be a good time to pick up a couple of yards, two or three yards, for, whether it's the first down or whatever, and they don't go to A.J. Dillon. Is, do you, is there – do you think there's not a, a – they're not sure about a, that he's really a power back or is it just a – I think sometimes you're more cre- – like, you have these ideas in your head, like – I mean, Lafleur is a pretty creative play yeah. caller. He's got mm-hmm. some good ideas, and they, I mean, they obviously Aaron Jones has been a good goal line back mm-hmm. in his career. He scored a lot of touchdowns from, but he, again, the size thing—it's a problem. Um, but also, they anticipated Arizona selling out on the run, and they went play action a couple times. It didn't work out. Arizona did a good job defending it, and then on fourth and goal from the one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they decided another quick pass or a pass play that, again, didn't work out. I mean, even had the ball not been tipped, Cobb was completely covered. I don't think that ball was going to be caught for a touchdown. Um, so, I mean, it is what it is. I, yeah, I don't mean to second guess too much. Just like Dylan, for, um, for a two-back tandem, I don't feel like he gets as many touches as maybe in some other settings. I think he's settings, but earned some opportunities. I agree with Mike. I think that's why you have him is for situations like that. And I know Lafleur is very innovative with his play calls, and mm-hmm. um, he's not very predictable. You know what they're going to do. Arizona, if you look at some of those still shots that they had, they had eight nine guys in the box. They, yeah, they were and loading so up. That's probably why they didn't run it. But mm-hmm. I just feel mm-hmm. like if you go jumbo and you bring in three tight ends and you have AJ Dillon, like I, I, I sometimes don't like how they run the ball when they run it out of the shotgun. You know, I just want to go back to put a put not anymore, but put Daguerre back there. He's your H back. Let him block and give the ball to Dylan and just power that thing through. I mean, Tom Brady runs the quarterback sneak. Better I was than just going to say the quarterback the sneak is also something that the Packers right. seem not to do very often. And I but think it could have worked. Could have worked there. Yeah, and I don't know. know if it's a it's if it's a philosophical thing like you don't want your franchise quarterback diving in there. Or if it's not a Rodgers comfort thing. Maybe he's right. not very good at quarterback right. sneaks. I don't know. I mean, Brady is. Brady's very good oh, at quarterback yeah. sneaks. Well, and so. that's, you know, that play is the one that always makes me wonder about some of these, like, simple things. You know what I mean? Like, At the same time, you have, you know, Lucas Patrick playing center, not Josh Myers. You yeah. have – I mean, so – There's a lot of – There's some of that, I think, that they're playing with, too, that we forget about. That mm-hmm. Their offensive line is not their – stud offensive line that could be out there that you feel good about. Yep, I know when I when I put this play, this is going to be blocked the way it needs to, and we will get that yard. So, like, there might have been a little bit of that not having that confidence in your line to, to get mm-hmm. the job done, too. I don't know. 
But Paul Chris would have would have handed it off to the fullback. You know that. <laughs> yeah, loves it. John Chanel, we need you. Um, let's talk about the trade deadline and no trades before we jump into the news today and preview the game against the Chiefs coming up on Sunday. Boss, uh, do you like the fact that they didn't make any trades or? I was waiting all day for one, but there really weren't any on Tuesday. Um, you know, Von Miller the day before, I think, or two days, whatever that was. Which is a massive which trade. Which is a massive deal. You know, they're obviously, was, we spoke about a little bit, uh, they're all in on that. They the gave Rams, up a lot. Yeah. You know, so they gave up a lot for nine games and then the playoffs. Which um, was a second and a third. Yep. And I don't know that anybody was really out there. Would have I liked them to try to maybe get Evan Ingram? Yes, but he's always hurt. His potential hasn't been reached, but he is kind of a pass-catching tight end. That would have been nice, but apparently nobody wanted him. Nobody wanted many people. I'm not, there I'm not sure he's an upgrade over what they currently yeah, have, so why spend the draft capital? Have? I mean, well, I'm not convinced he's better than Mercedes Lewis. Or Daguerre. Or Daguerre. Daguerre has been out more games in a year and a half yeah, true, he has true. So, true he true. has but I think he's going to get the first shot at being Robert Tunyon now uh, whether or not he can do it I don't know um, but I just don't think there was anybody out there that they was worth giving up a pick for yeah and we don't even know what these teams were asking for yeah. some of these well, players and like the the salary cap for the Packers is pretty tight it so. is that is, is a huge they, they have like 5 million right Yeah, around there well, yeah, depending on – I don't know what uh, – why – what Whitney Merciless? Merciless. Oh, Merciless. Yeah. I don't know how that money is working out. But, you know, Jay Sternberger was released by the Redskins uh, yesterday. He was. Uh, the Washington football team. Yeah, them too. Washington. Um, so <laughs> – I, I feel like that's a logical place to look, don't you? Yeah, because, they all, you know, you don't have to give up anything for them. Right. He knows the if, system. If he can come back. Yep. But I mean, it's not a good sign for him that he's been released twice now. But, and by the Washington football team. But he does know the system, and you don't have to put him out there with the ones. He can just be deaf. Um, so I I don't know. I mean, I, Rogers said yesterday on the McAfee show that he, he said, first of all, he said he really has enjoyed the communication that's been going on about moves potential moves so he, he said his exact quote was i've enjoyed the conversations with brian um so obviously he's and in the that's room referring to goody yes he's the in the GM. room now um and he said i also you know if there's something out there we can do great but i also do like our roster the way it stands right now mm -hmm. uh, which i i agree with uh but i'm a little nervous about tight end but then you think back what have we really gotten out of tight end all year? I was year? just going to say, we haven't utilized it much this year anyway. Tunyon didn't do much. At least the catching game. the football. Right. I think, right. True. I think there's been a lot of things the tight end has done this year. Catching the football hasn't quite been there yet. So I'm okay with them not making a move. I was, I always geek out a little bit on the trade deadline because you hope that, you know. Oh, maybe they could get, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's not like the baseball trade deadline. No. No. And salary cap. And when you think about play. the Von Miller thing, I was thinking about this earlier today. Like, you'll never know whether that move puts them over the top or not if they win the Super Bowl. Like, is, was, it, was it his doing that we won the Super Bowl? Was it not? And so I just think a second and a third is a heavy price to pay for a guy who you're not guaranteed to have back next year. Yeah. And maybe they 
talked and said, hey, you know, well, but that's all hearsay. Until he's signed the dotted line, you don't know he's coming back. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know that I would have, I mean, hell, I would have loved Von Miller. Oh, my gosh. But uh, I also love the draft, so I know what a second, third can get you. Well, and the other part is you don't know if he'll stay healthy the whole year. If I mean, he's, he's a 10-year vet, so he's got some mileage on the tires. You, you don't know. I mean, yes, he paired with Aaron Donald. I mean, that's up front. Like, that's pretty nice. Uh, you'd think he'd have some one-on-ones that he will be able to win and, uh, you know, positively impact that defense and that football team. But And he's just a great veteran, too, presence to have in that locker room. Does things the right way. Um, but, yeah, that like you said, it's a hefty price for, what, 10 games that he'll play yeah. for the Rams? 10 I, games at uh, a second and third rounder? That's it's, uh, it's pretty it's a steep in the NFL, yeah. NFL terms. I was thinking earlier today, and this is hypothetical, and I hate when people do this, but I did it. Um, <laughs> what if you think about what if <laughs> Goody would have found like the perfect trade, and they would have been gotten to the point where we're signing Rodgers, and they shipped Love off yesterday, and then boom, positive COVID today, and it would have been a where's the button? It would have been that kind of show in uh, in Green Bay this week if they would have. Traded love, and then Rodgers was out, and Bankert's out. Yeah, that's interesting. interesting. It's I, fine. we got Bortles on a plane right now. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's We're true. good to go. Also, I thought it was interesting, too. I was reading a little bit about the trade deadline, and something that didn't happen earlier in the year that could have potentially happened was Gilmore coming to Green Bay as maybe one of the better corners in the league, but it was a financial situation. It was a salary cap problem that he wanted to be in Green Bay, mm-hmm. uh, and we had a what we thought we were able to do it and salary cap got in the way. So there's things like that at the trade deadline that also come into play that we don't, we're not privy to that could have been on the table, but salary could have been a, uh, an issue. Matthews. How's Jordan Love going to play this weekend? Hmm. Not well. No, no. That defense isn't great though. No, but either is he. He is also on the road in Kansas know. City. That's Hopefully he a makes tough it through freaking the whole, place. whole game without getting hurt. So. Yeah. Well, Blake Bortles is on a plane. That's right. He's got it covered. Yeah, well, we'll you, can't judge, you cannot judge in a, a player by one game. But after this game, the whole world's going to say, sign Rodgers to five more years or eh, the plan is fine. Let's, let's see what Jordan Love's got next year. Yeah, I, I wrote down, you know, like <sighs> – Here's what's going to happen. If he plays well, we're going to hear, time to move on from Rodgers this offseason. It's, it's the love train. Here we go. And if he plays terrible, uh, we're going to say, we need to keep Aaron Rodgers at all costs and do whatever it takes to keep him around. And what a b- bust of a pick. And Now, I do remember Rodgers coming in in a Dallas game after Favre got hurt and actually had a good showing, and there was some promise there. But... That's one sample, like a small sample size you don't know. So you can't, if he plays poorly, I mean, it is a tough situation to come into. Uh, You're going to play at Kansas City, um, you know, like, but if he plays well, okay, good. I mean, that is encouraging. That's a positive sign. If he doesn't, okay, well, let's look at why, and hopefully he can play better in the future. But it's one thing to go against Arizona, who knows you don't have your top three wide receivers, so they're probably going to stack the box against you some because they know you want to run the ball. But you still have a Hall of Fame quarterback back there. Correct. Now Kansas City's going to stack the box because there's not a Hall of Fame quarterback back there. I don't care 
if you have Devonte, MVS, everybody, yeah, it's going to be a little bit more challenging for them. So yeah, I got to um, think that defense is just they're revved up, I'm excited about this, right? They got a young new guy that they can go after, get some pressure on them, force turnovers. I mean, that's I imagine that's how they're approaching it. It's been next man up for the Packers all year, but I don't know that next man up replacing this guy is going to work out so well, but we'll see. And obviously, I'm sure all our listeners know this, but Rodgers tested positive for COVID today. That is why he will not be playing against the Kansas City Chiefs and why Jordan Love will be. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm really curious, though, to see how Jordan Love plays in this game. Well, he's going to have to be like one of those quarterbacks that just manages a game, you know. Don't do anything You don't stupid. have to win it, but don't lose it. Don't right. drop a snap. Yeah. Don't, yeah. you know, make a really silly mistake. Make sure you... Yeah. Don't force anything. No three INTs. Know. Right. And they have all week to prep him. Mm-hmm. That's so, true. I mean, it's not like Rodgers testing positive on Saturday. Right. And like, holy cow, you didn't get many reps in practice. Right. They, they can game plan with him all week. I mean, he should be sleeping at the facility... Uh, with Lafleur, well, not with Lafleur, but like they should both be sleeping at the facility, figuring things out. Six feet apart. <laughs> Six feet apart. The quarterback room, the quarterback room is uh, infected with COVID. So, what if what if Love tests positive? Like, Banker tested positive first yesterday. Now Rodgers. Like, what if Love would test positive? That would now be. You're, now you're signing who and Blake Bortles is Blake the Bortles. starter. Oh my who, gosh, that Blake, would be. Like, I don't know how it works. But if I was Blake Bortles today, sitting at home in Florida, wherever he lives, and the Packers called, I'd be like, yeah, I'll come back. Five million. Like, I'm not coming back otherwise. Like, they're cutting him. They're cutting him next week. So why would you – I don't know. I just feel like he's got yeah. all the leverage. Maybe not. Maybe it's like guys like that, they're just dying to get back in the league. I think that's a big part of it, dying to get back in the league. But also – I mean, it's it's some it's some money. It's good money. I yeah. mean, it's still you know like when you're out of work and you can get some work and make some money to support your family. Like absolutely. Now, obviously, he's made a lot of money too. But like, hey, it's gonna be, I don't know, hundred hundred thousand dollars for a game. Sure, I'm in. You know, or I don't know what it is, but clearly more than me uh, covering for a teacher for a day or what. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just. I mean, these guys are all. Alpha males, they're egomaniacs. Like it's got to be hard to walk into a locker room knowing that eh, I'm not going to be here next week. But how are you guys doing? Well, that's you know? not necessarily true because we don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback situation, right? Um, so I mean, this is an opportunity that you take and you see where it goes because mm-hmm. you don't know. Because maybe Rodgers isn't back. Maybe Jordan Love does test positive later. Maybe Benker's not back, and they need to keep an emergency quarterback around. Like, you don't know. It could turn out to be like he's with the Packers the rest of the season. I mean, you just don't know. Maybe Rodgers um, turns into Drew Bledsoe, and he never starts again. I don't, think, I don't think that'll happen, but uh, I don't think you Jordan mean, loves. You mean Bortles? Or, or you no, Rodgers I mean, Jordan is Bledsoe. Love is replacing uh, Rodgers like Brady and Drew yeah, Bledsoe. I but yeah, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. A lot of, lot of different storylines. Bledsoe's going to be not a crazy week. Aaron Rodgers. Bledsoe was not Aaron Rodgers. I just kept thinking this is going to be a hell of an episode on the last dance someday. <laughs> yeah. Today is going to be a heck. Or the next week. like uh, Week plus, probably. Reporters, like his press conference when he came back was crazy. Like, what's the next one going to be like? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. going to be real interesting. When we, the he, next time we hear from Rodgers is going to be And Rodgers doesn't like to be criticized, and he gets very... He always thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And he will, I guarantee you, have a lot of talking. Like, he, he's mm-hmm. 
He'll have a lot to say. Well, and I was super impressed with his press conference when he did come back to the team. I thought it was really eloquent, really well said. For sure. He covered all the – I mean, he didn't shy away from anything. He was mm-hmm. an open book. He was very much forthright. I would imagine we see the same thing from him this, this time around. He just gets a little condescending when – he gets challenged a little bit because he does think that he's smarter than you are. And, and maybe he is. And maybe he is. But he went to Cal. That's a pretty tough school. Yeah, Cal Berkeley, man. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting week. It's going to be. It already has been. Because um, his first eligible time to come off is next Saturday. And they play Sunday again. So... Yeah. About that, it could be. Could it, it could be two games for Jordan Love? I, it very well know. could be two games for Jordan Love. Is that the Seattle game? Mm-hmm. And that could be Russell Wilson's first game oh, back too. Back? Yeah, well, Russell Wilson will be, be back. You know, Smith against Jordan Love. No, I don't. <laughs> I get tickets for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's an intriguing NFL quarterback matchup uh, waiting to happen. I'm pretty sure from what I've read about Russell Wilson, he'll probably be back in that game. By the way. Um, moving so, on, or anybody? Any, one, any, one last yeah, thing, last things for the Packers. Will they bring? Will Will they give Bakhtiari another week now, because of another thing, or will they bring him back? I mean, I think he, if he, I think if he's looking good and they feel good about it, they'll play him. If not, I, yeah, I would think so. I think that's the bottom line. I think it has nothing to do with Love or, or Rogers. Yeah, I was hoping that they were not going to salvage or, you know, another week of ah, well, let's just wait one more and. I think they could get real healthy here real quick. Even Rodgers alluded to Jair. He got some good news a couple weeks ago is what Rodgers said on McAfee. What that means, I don't know. But it sounds like he's got a shot to be back. When, I don't know. And Zedarius and, and Darius tweeted that he's coming back to Green Bay and ready to get back to work and lots of other stuff too. So, yeah, there's despite the sky is falling with Rodgers' yeah. positive test, there is some... This There's some positive news The documentary uh, as well. someday is going to be unbelievable. It's going to be better than the Jordan documentary. I don't know about that. Don't but know. we don't. It, where's Carmen? Yeah. Well, if there's a Carmen, Carmen, if there's a couple Carmel extra stories, then then we're good. But we good. Anything? Uh, last thoughts on Green Bay Packers? All right. Let's move into the Wisconsin Badgers. The the now ranked. Yeah. Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, well, third. they're not third okay. Stadium, fine. So. Now ranked in the college football playoffs, not in the AP poll. I should, I should, uh, should uh, clarify that. But who do you believe more, the committee of college football experts or the media? Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't believe the media. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really believe, I believe much of the media either. But um, huge win, twenty-seven-seven over Iowa, who at one point was the number three ranked team in the country, uh, as well. Not to uh, let me. Quick, how huge a win is that now? Is Iowa as good as we thought they were? No, no, I don't think so. No, no. I thought they were overrated back when they were ranked that high. Oh, no. sure. No, I know the feeling. <laughs> um, but that, I, and, and not to diminish the win because twenty-seven to seven, and it's a, still a huge rivalry over game. I mean, Iowa, there is a lot. It's obviously a good team, though. Um, that's that's a big win, especially for a Wisconsin Badgers team that. Uh, to me, offensively, hasn't been very dynamic. Um, Understatement of the year. Yeah. So, <laughs> how good are any of them? Like, 
Penn State, obviously that was a big win when Iowa beats Penn State. And then Penn State loses to Illinois. Right. But then they give all, Ohio State all they can handle last yeah. weekend. Well, so, like, I gotta give Matthews, Michigan State and Michigan and Ohio State, is anybody any good? I got to give Matthews a lot of credit, though. Last week on the pod, he said that Penn State defense is legit. Mm-hmm. They're just a fraction behind Wisconsin, and they will keep Penn State in that game against Ohio State, and he was absolutely 100% right. I was wrong. I said, Ohio State's going to blow them out by so at least 21. It, Penn State's defense, I watched that game. I was super impressed. I thought they looked really good against Wisconsin because Wisconsin's offense was that bad, but Penn State's defense is that legit. They are. They're fantastic. And a team in Ohio State that scored 50-plus points for four weeks in a row couldn't, couldn't do what they wanted against Penn State at all. And that Penn State team, if it hadn't been for a couple of turnovers and, and issues offensively, I think they would have pulled off that win. So that's another thing. Then. Ohio State must be really good because they scored 33 against Penn State. So, I mean, Penn State's defense is pretty good, but they still put up 30 points. And I mean, they scored 50 true. how many weeks in a row? I know. It's so true. That's so that's why they're going to be – we'll get to this in a bit, but they're going to be in the playoff. There's no doubt about Ohio it. Ohio State. Unless Michigan State can beat them. Yeah. Um, but – We'll see. It's got to be another Kenneth Walker show. 100%. Yeah. Uh, let's go real back, real quick back to the Badgers, though. Uh, th- let's talk about the defense. Anybody want to talk? I mean, I-, I watched the game. I was super impressed defensively. Matthews, what did you think uh, about that Badger defense? Uh, well, I was just listening on the radio um, as I was driving to Milwaukee. Okay. But obviously, you know, Matt LaPay loves the defense. Love Matt LePay. He's he loves Chanel. Um, Chanel number five. Um, <laughs> At least they have good, one good number five. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I obviously, uh, I really thought Iowa would be able to move the ball a little bit and have a first down till late, late, late in late the first in half. The first half. Um, you know, so they really set the tone, obviously, and then the couple turnovers. The the muff punt was big. Yes. Um, but then, you know, all three turnovers were in the Badgers' scoring area, basically. Yep. Um, so, and, you know, they had just been down there on the, after that one fumble and didn't get in on fourth down. And then they fumble. You know, Iowa's defense is probably just, they're probably pissed off at this time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so and that's a pretty good Iowa defense, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But I think the field field position really played a big key in, you know, how the Badgers scored, other than I think that first drive was, you know, down the field. But, yeah, holding holding a team to seven, I don't care who you are, you hold a team to seven. Yeah. Um, in a rivalry game. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, that, and Iowa coming off a bye. Mm-hmm. That's um, a huge point you know, that needs that to be stuff. made. Yep. So, the defense is going to keep them in every game, no matter who they play. So, and really their schedule doesn't, Look daunting. Nope. You know, not when that defense is playing like that. It doesn't. No. Um, They're playing a Rutgers team coming up that's scored in their last four weeks 13, 13, 7, and 20. And that was against bottom feeders in the Big Ten, yeah. mostly. I mean, one game I think they played Ohio State and got blown up. But, um, I mean, so if they're only scoring 13, 13, 7, and 20. I wouldn't expect them to score very much against Wisconsin no, defense. If they hit double figures, I'll be surprised. Agreed. Uh, Badgers forced three turnovers, had six sacks, 
and only 156 total yards in that game. I think Iowa had 20, I want to say like 29 yards of that was rushing, uh, which is crazy. I mean, because Iowa's offense revolves around being able to run the football. Uh, so made them very one-dimensional, which no, obviously The weird helped. thing that college does is if you get sacked, yeah, that counts. the quarterback yeah. gets minus rushing yards. Yep, that, which, that, that's true. I don't like that either. I don't like that rule. I think it should go on your passing. Regards, I agree. But. Or at least some other category. I mean, it's not a rush. So no. it, that's the weird part about the negative yardage there. Um, any other thoughts on the Badgers' dominating win over the Iowa Hawkeyes? Bullis, anything to add? No, I agree with you know, what you guys said. Their defense has been lights out. Um, and Rutgers' offense is poor, so I think this week should be a... But who knows? I, last couple of weeks, I didn't know why the Badgers were favored, and <laughs> they won. And now this week, they're you know they're favored by double digits, and they'll probably go out and lay an egg. But the thing is, you can lay an egg offensively, but defensively, it's really hard to like not show up. Um, well, especially this Badgers defense. Right. I mean, you have leaders like Chanel and Sanborn, and especially Chanel, who's been becoming a vocal, very vocal leader as well. They get them fired up, man. Um, yeah, it's hard to not be fired up when you got guys like running through offensive linemen and making big plays in the back. Not just those two, but like um, Herbig or yeah, Herbig, Nick, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Colin Nick. Wilder. Like they've just got some really good. I thought Wilder, his. I don't know if you saw his interview. Yeah. Um, Did you? I, I think I sent, I sent. I sent that to you guys. Yeah. yeah. Asked him about the transfers, and he just said basically, "See ya." Um, so uh, I thought that was interesting. I, I mean. Got to make Paul Chris feel real good in the Badger program that you have a a guy like that who's a leader. Um, say hey, you know, don't let the door hit you on the way out. We're you know the guys that are here are here are here. And sometimes, and I don't know that this is the case, but the Badgers have played well, and maybe sometimes that you know that subtraction of some players is a positive. Um, yeah, if they're so, negative, if they're cancers in the locker yeah. room, then I think that's what Wilder's point was. Like, sure. the people that are here are committed to being here, and that's who we want here. If you're not committed and want to work hard and be a part of this, then, yeah, you should probably leave. And these people leaving, fine, that's great. Get out of here. The guys that are here, we want to work hard. We want to win. We got each other's backs. So let's go. Giddy up. Also, did you like the Grit the grit Factory uh, yeah. the hat uh, and, and the – not the turnover chain, nope. by any means, but they did pass the hat around grit after factory. some big plays defensively. The grit factory that was a cool Apparently story. Stemmed from like his Halloween costume. Correct. Um, factory work. I was going to say. Collar. In interest, we're in interesting times because um, the number two guy at Barstool Sports is a UW Madison graduate, uh, Big Cat. Big Cat. And uh, he had on Twitter right away. Uh, how Colin will look you up. We're going to do an NIL deal tomorrow with the Grit Factory hats, and now there's all kinds of hats, shirts, whatever. And I'm like, this is so strange. Like, college kids, like, I don't know what he made this week, but he might have made $100,000 from Barstool because they want to market his Grit Factory stuff. So it's That's just such awesome. a crazy I know. Deal. It is really kind of cool. I do, yeah. I do love that, too. I mean, who knows? I, I don't know what he made. Just on a whim, he kind of has this thing. I, I read the story. Like, he gets on the bus with the team, and they're like, Show Chris, show show Coach Chris, and he's like, "Hey, I had this hat made. Are you cool with me wearing it? It's not team issued apparel, so are you cool with me having it on the sideline?" Chris, yeah, whatever, you know. And then they're passing around after the big plays on defense and like the turnover kind of thing. And then he's sitting in the interview with it on, and they're all asking about it. So he's got to tell the backstory of how it. it. Ca- 
it's just a cool, so, cool thing. To me, I that, love that. That leads me to this question that I think is super interesting because uh, Wisconsin defense has been pretty good for a couple of years now. And clearly the star on the sideline is Jim Leonard. And the elephant in the room, I think, is what what's going to happen there, right? Where does he go? Who's going to throw money at him? Is that a place LSU looks? Is that, you know, I mean, Here's, what? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, Paul Chris turns and hands the ball off. Jim Leonard puts one of the most dynamic defenses on the field. Here's what I'll say about Jim Leonard. He did turn down the Green Bay Packer job mm-hmm. in the offseason, primarily because he loves being in Madison, Wisconsin. His family loves being in Madison, Wisconsin. I don't know if he wants a head coaching job right now. I don't either. I don't know if he wants a different D. Like, if it's just a D coordinator job, he's going to stay in Madison. Mm-hmm. One, I'll tell you that right now. Two, I don't know if he wants a head coaching job right now. I think he's pretty uh, happy with where he's at as a D coordinator. Now, if things don't go well as a team and the offense still struggles and he gets frustrated, okay. I don't think he's at that point yet, but I do think he's been a hot topic name. He's had offers from Florida State. He's, I mean, he's had offers to be the coordinator at other places, like big places, like prestigious places, and he's turned those down. Green Bay Packers is about as much prestigious of a jump as you can go from college to pro, and he got offered that job. He, he, he was told, you have the job if you want it. And, it. and it took him a day, and he realized, nope, I don't want this job. But like, he had that job offered to him. The Green Bay Packers, defensive coordinator position, turned it down to stay at Madison. So I, I just don't think yet he's going anywhere, mm-hmm. but it's possible a year from now, two years from now, talk to me then, and I might have a different answer. Why did he turn down the Packers? Is it because he loves Madison, or is it because he knows Paul Chris is on the way out, you just got to hang around for a couple more Or years? he knows that working with professional players is different than college right. players. right. There's a huge difference. We don't know. We can speculate. You know, Mike, Mike's point of, of LSU, whomever, I don't think he'd leave for that either. However, we all have a price. And Jim Leonard makes a million dollars, 400000 in base salary, 600000 from the boosters. or what. He also made a decent amount playing professional football too, but FYI. if LSU says, hey, here's $5 million. Well, actually, $5 million would probably be peanuts for LSU. They get paid more in the SEC. I think the highest paid coach in the Big Ten is Jim Harbaugh at $8 million. Um, Don't know why that is. But um, <laughs> Paul, Chris makes, poor, Paul Chris makes $4 million at Wisconsin. So you got to think LSU is given $8 million, $9 million, $10 million. I don't think he leaves either. I think he's a Wisconsin guy through and through. Um, but, yeah, you don't know what his, his mindset is. Maybe he has no desire to be a head coach. Um, you know, I remember – bad comparison because I was a high school head coach but I remember a former boys coach here saying hey you just turned into the dumbest guy in town because you slid down one chair Uh, and that's true you get all the criticism uh, when you're the head coach and maybe he doesn't want that maybe he Mm -hmm. loves what he does and he just wants to coach college kids maybe he doesn't like want to do coach men in the NFL Um, so who knows but I I think that he's definitely the star of the show there in Madison Uh, no question he's one of the best coaches in football in college football that's not a head coach absolutely um quick thoughts on the college football rankings that came out uh georgia was number one bama number two michigan state your michigan state spartans mr sale mine number three 
Oregon, four. Ohio State, five. Cincinnati, six. Cincinnati, who is undefeated uh, at six, who beat, I believe, Notre Dame this season. Is that correct? I believe that's correct. Yeah. Um, uh, they beat Notre Dame this season. Um, Ohio State has a loss to Oregon. Oregon has a loss to Stanford, unranked Stanford, who's number four in the country. Michigan State, three. They are undefeated. Undefeated. Huge win against Michigan this last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Bama, they have a loss? Yep. They have a yep. loss. They did lose, yep. And then Georgia, undefeated. Uh, thoughts on the top six there on the college football playoff rankings? Sale, let's go to you. Michigan State at three. What are you thinking? Well, thoughts? God bless them. Of course, I love Michigan State and, uh, and rooting for them. Kenneth Walker is for real. Um, he was an absolute stud this past weekend in their win over uh, over Michigan. Heisman moment. Yeah. Um, you know, in East Lansing, I know they're talking about they're throwing around the term Heisman. You know, I I guess I guess his numbers right now put him in in the conversation. We'll see. You know, we'll see. Uh, clearly, the guy can. He's got great vision. Great vision. Um, and what was interesting, I thought. Well, I won't get into the whole game. But one of the things I thought was really interesting about him is he happened to be the guy who made big plays at the moments when we needed big plays. Um, he got a little bit of help. You know, um, we've got a couple of receivers that are great, too, um, uh, especially in Jalen Reed, uh, who is, I think, just – he's a stud, too. But all that being said, I asked my dad on the phone on the way over here. I said, is this the most overrated Michigan State team that we've ever seen? And and the only reason I say that is not because they're good, but because who have they beaten? You know, I mean, it's it's just wait and see. You know, it's just wait and see. Now, we got, they've got uh, Purdue and Maryland the next two weeks. Which should be dubs. Should be dubs. And then you finish the season with Penn State and Ohio State. So then that's, that's the... That's where they have to... Rubber meets the road. And then, of course... Whoever comes out of the East will probably end up, my guess is, facing Wisconsin in the West. And, you know, if you can, if Michigan State can string together those three wins. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I think they deserve to be in the in the college football playoffs. Um, especially a win over Ohio State. You know, that's the, that's the, that would be a big signature. Other than that, I'm tired of seeing Alabama up there. <laughs> Alabama's only shot to stay in this is mm-hmm. to beat Georgia in the SEC title game. Um, That's my thought, too. Georgia's in. Georgia has I nobody agree. left on their schedule. If they lose the SEC title game, they're still in. They're still in. Uh, so that, that spot's taken. Alabama's only way to get in there is that they beat Georgia in the SEC title game, I think. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Michigan State, Ohio State, I think one of those teams is one probably going to get I, in. I agree. Because yep. either one of those teams is going to beat whomever comes out unless, of the list. Unless Michigan State loses to Penn State and then beats Ohio State. Then I think you could be looking at nobody from the Big Ten. Well, it also depends, I think, on where Wisconsin's at at that point, too. If whoever comes out of the East can beat that Wisconsin team, too, there might you might be able to make a case for it at that point. Possibly. And I think Cincinnati has no chance. I agree. Um, I, agree. They've got I think that Oklahoma could leapfrog, leapfrog in there. And actually, mm-hmm. I, I want to say this. I feel bad for Cincinnati. Yeah. Like I, I, don't, I think they don't have any shot, but I feel bad for them because – you can only play who you who you have in front of you, right? So if there's no more ranked teams and they win out, like I just feel bad for them. They right. haven't been impressive. They the had last a signature win in, in against Notre Dame. Right, that's a big win, but that's it. Right, the last two weeks have hurt them because they haven't been very impressive. 
And I think if they wanted to be in that top four, they were they had to blow somebody out, and maybe that wouldn't have even helped. Uh, I think that's why you know we talked about this a little bit. That's why you go to eight because you give that team like Cincinnati, like Boise State, like Central Florida, get them a spot. You gotta have eight so that teams like Cincinnati can actually prove it. Like, right. are they worthy of being there? Then right. you know a little yeah. bit more if South they were. East Missouri State beats Duke. They proved it in the in the NCAA tournament. Now they're not going to win another game, probably, but they had a chance, and I think we need to give. Or your Butlers, or yeah. your you know whatever, and like we're using we college basketball non, now. But like, yeah, they have to have opportunities. These non-power five teams have to have a shot. There's always one. Get them in the eighteen playoff, and let's let's stop be done with, with it. Nonsense. Eight teams. Yeah. Let's go to it. Let's give some of these guys an opportunity for sure. Well, I mean, there's the argument of give all five power. Conferences, their champion in, and then you get three at larges, so to speak, to pick to put in there. Um, I don't know. I, th- I really feel that we need to get away from the four, but that's just my opinion. All right. Well, let's quickly just say a couple things about uh, the World Series um, and move quickly past the Brewers because my heart can't take it. Um, Braves won it all. Uh, they they won four uh, one right that series the World Series was four four two four two Braves in six yeah uh, now here's what I thought was interesting I saw this out on Twitter the Twitter sphere but the Bucks beat Atlanta in the playoffs went to the NBA championship and won it all Brewers lost to Atlanta in the MLB playoffs Atlanta went to the World Series and won it all I just thought that was really I mean it's one of those coincidental things I just thought it was interesting I wanted to throw that out there. Um, thoughts on on the Braves and the World Series and any like end of season Brewer stuff, Matthews? Uh, I think it was great to see the Braves win. Um, you know, I didn't really want Houston to win one, but uh, I think the those late season additions by the Braves after uh, Acuna Matata got hurt, um, those were huge. Uh, Solaire, Peterson, Duval, Rosario—they uh, all played a key role. In, yeah, they did in the their whole playoff run. Um, but especially, I think in the NLCS and in the World Series, you know, just because the the series with the Brewers was short, it was wasn't very offensive. Um, but yeah, those, oh, it was offensive, all right. <laughs> just not the way they wanted it to be. <laughs> and Orlando Arcia is Orlando Arcia is a world champion, so good for him. Good job, Orlando. Yeah. I see you have a quick little uh, note here that says, uh, today begins the five-day period where teams and players must decline or exercise their contract options and opt-outs. The Brewers do have mutual options on Avi Garcia for $12 million with a $2 million buyout, and Jackie Bradley Jr., probably the most disappointing signing of this last season, uh, has a player option for $9.5 million with a $6.5 million buyout. And Jackie Bradley took his player option today. He did, yeah. What? Yeah, shocking. For $9.5 million? Of course. Well, that's all I mean. What the hell? I'm uh, suck yeah. ass and get $9.5 million. <laughs> Right. That's a terrible uh, deal for the Brewers. That is. It, it really you, is. So do you pay the $6.5 million buyout and tell them to hit the road, Jack? No, I think you try to package him in a trade with some something to get something back. Gold glove finalists, though. Yeah. Both free agent signings last year, Colton Wong and Jackie Bradley. Yeah. Uh, gold glove finalists. Um, they they signed a reliever today too. Trevor got. They got. I don't know what he Trevor got. got. Yeah, I don't know what he. Beautiful. Got. 
I don't know what he got. I don't know what he got for his game either. Um, all right, let's wrap up with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, just got a victory last night against the woeful Detroit Pistons. I watched, I watched most of that game, game and I was... Oh my gosh! They're that's why they had the number sweats. one pick because they're terrible. Yeah, yeah. He was terrible. they got Luca Garza. Yeah, he, yeah, Cade Cunningham He's did not look coming good. off an injury. So yeah. yeah, I mean, this is his first run. This was his first run on on the court, but yeah, like it looked like it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. I, I do wish wish him well or whatever. You know, I don't know Cade from anything, but like, boy, he didn't look good last night. I will say, I think the Pistons are already one of the front runners for the lottery pick. The lottery. You know, for um, you know the one overall pick here, they they looked they looked real bad. Uh, I saw on Twitter last night, uh, someone said uh, they should have sent the Bucks G League team to play to play that game. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> still some injuries. Uh, Lopez is still out with his back. Uh, we did say that Holiday is supposed to be back, what, Friday? Um, DiFincenzo still out. Uh, and now Middleton, uh, who originally they thought was just some sort of non-COVID-related illness, did test positive and will be out for an extended period of time. Um, Thoughts on their upcoming difficult schedule and what we can expect from the Bucks here in the uh, next week or so? I think they, they need to get some good news on the injury front and play better. Otherwise, they need to get rid of Grayson Allen. It's clear that he's cursing the team. Uh, totally. And, and the entire franchise. So, no, I'm tongue-in-cheek. Um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, you know, we talked about this. I hope that Brooke Lopez isn't a two-month, three-month thing because that's going to be a, a tough replacement. They don't really have... Much for inside presence. Bobby Portis back helps that a little bit, um, but that's tough when Giannis is always guarding the post. Um, Just beats on his body right. a little more than you want. And I mean, to. The, the kind of the hidden story here is all these guys are hurt, getting some rest. Is and Giannis has had none, and at some point he's going to have to get some rest. Um, really difficult schedule coming up. They play the Knicks twice. They play at Philly, at, at uh, New York, at Boston, and Atlanta. They have a five-game road trip. That is a that's a huge road trip. Big Eastern. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why that is. Usually, that you don't see a five-game swing like that. Um, but there's some tough teams, um, especially uh, those last four. You know, the Wizards are the Wizards, um, but those last four. I mean, they just lost three at home. So uh, hopefully, they can get Drew Holiday back. Um, at least get Giannis a little help there. Uh, and then Middleton, I don't know uh, when he'll be back, but he could miss all of these. And at the end of that trip, then you got the Lakers and. The Lake Show coming to town, so um, tough, tough road. I don't know how much it matters. That's the weird thing about the NBA, but uh, you don't also want to fall too far back um, and have to fight your way late in the season when maybe you want to rest some guys to get a good seed. You know, um, but we'll see. I mean, defending a championship is hard, especially when the season started later and it went so late. Um, yeah. So it's kind of interesting times right now for the Bucks. The player I've been most impressed with so far this season for Milwaukee, not named Giannis Antetokounmpo, Pat Connington. He has been such a stud uh, because of so many of the injuries. He's had a step up, and he's he's played really, really well. I've loved loved seeing that. And, I again, I, a lot of, like, really positive things from the young guy, Jordan Nora. Um, I, I like him. Uh It'll be interesting now that Porus is back. 
Semi Ojolele is back, even though he hasn't looked great. Rodney Hood's out on the court. I mean, at least they've gotten a little bit more depth now uh, and more more bodies on the court. Um, so it'll be interesting. Uh, still a patchwork team at this point without some of their studs, but uh, we'll see what happens. Holiday coming back Friday is going to be huge, though, for that team. Mm-hmm. Huge. I Any insight you saw, Mike, up close and personal when you were there? Uh, well, it was not a good basketball game. Um, both teams offensively were horrid. Um, now you watched the Spurs this weekend. Yeah, right? the Spurs game on Saturday. Um, you know, the, I think they – and Middleton played that game. You know, but nobody – I mean, nobody shot well um, on either team. But one thing the Bucks do a lot – is they switch on defense on every screen. I, that just frustrates me. You know, it just to me it's lazy. You know, like just get over the screen. There was a there was a a stint in the game the other night where the Bucks got two moving screens called on them in a row, and then coming back down the court, like we just we don't try to get over a screen to maybe draw a moving screen. After obviously the officials are watching for it, so um, now they what, always didn't switch everything. This is a really to. new thing this yeah. year that they're employing right now. I would guess when uh, Lopez comes back, you won't see it as much. But isn't that yeah. the way of college basketball and pro basketball? Don't they switch almost everything? Yeah, the, the Spurs maybe not. The, the Spurs biggest. were only switching if you know if it was a guard to guard. You know, but any time that Poto came up for a high screen, um, or to defend the high screen, he kept jumped out, but then waited for, um, you know, the guard to get over the top or whatever. Now, if it was a guard to guard, they were switching. Um, how how much is uh, of that is because it was such a late season last season, and you know, it, I mean, switching is is a little bit lazy. You know, it's a little bit easier. Might save your legs a little bit. Could could there be any thoughts as far as that goes? I think sometimes it depends on who you're playing. If you like how your guys match up one through five, then yeah, I don't mind it, it just, as much. It but hurt the Bucks the other night because then in the fourth quarter, Devonte Murray was getting he the was big, just the going big off. on the big. Yeah, they'd switch you know, on the big would switch on him, and then, and then yep, you know, and that hundred percent that fourth quarter turned. I mean, the the game was neck and neck all the way, and then. You know, the last half of the fourth quarter, Murray, Murray just, just took over, yep. but that was because he was coming off a screen mm-hmm. and had a, a matchup where he could just get to the rim. But I think they do it because it, uh, um, it's more of, it's more as zone principles. And yeah. These guys are so big and athletic that they don't want want them to turn the corner and get to the rim. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, I just feel like that's the way a lot of college basketball you see in pro basketball goes. But tough situations when you switch big, big and little. Yeah. Well, that's a, a wrap on uh, the Bucks, and that's a wrap on the pod. That's it for Teaching Sports. As always, we hope you've been educated.